This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts carol g juan gabriel christina aguilera what do these three have in common you mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live on a Tuesday, live from Las Vegas on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. I love Tuesdays. Why? It's a chance to take a little breath and dig a little deeper. Sports batters, they listen for the money. Sports fans, to know more than their buddies. We're going to give you both today, I think, some betting stuff for the NFL season. I'm not going to say if there's one. I'm going to be optimistic. Now, listen, I'm a pro. You can't have pros without Joe's. My favorite Joe, he's in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we have got fallout from both still the Last Dance episodes three and four in the NBA and also the NFL draft. What is the Vegas lead here on a Tuesday? Are you talking about Isaiah crying? Yeah, how about that? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> enough of that. <laughs> I thought I'd seen enough of Isaiah back in the day. I mean, you knock people on the ground – Day and night, at some point, there's going to be a comeuppance. I kind of like the fact he's paying, those guys are paying a price for it. But to me, the Las Vegas lead is the fallout in Green Bay, Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers. There's a lot of heat here. Yeah, that was the most controversial move of the draft. The Green Bay Packers in the first round Thursday night, moving up four spots to take Jordan Love, the quarterback out of Utah State. So the conversation is now turned to what is the future like for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? All right, so here's the we're going to run through some facts as I see them. And you can kind of be the peer review, as they say in academia, Jonas, is do you agree <laughs> with this or not? All right. Aaron Rodgers, looking at it personally, from his perspective, has a reason to be mad. The number one pick of Green Bay in the first round, or their first pick in the first round, it could have helped, right? A wide receiver helps. Anyone helps Aaron Rodgers, quite frankly. A kicker 
helps more than a backup quarterback if you're thinking about Aaron Rodgers because if the backup's playing, he's not. So from his perspective, no doubt about it. And then you add in the fourth rounder that they did the trade up, they had to spend. That fourth rounder could have helped. Running back, wide receiver, tight end, or even defensively, the ultimate goal being to win the Super Bowl, another Super Bowl for Aaron Rodgers. And I think to some degree, and we talked about this just a little bit, Aaron has more reason to complain than most quarterbacks would. Let's look at the Super Bowl teams last year, 49ers, Chiefs, and then let's look at the Packers. And we're going to say there's two categories of really high-value wide receivers. High draft choices, let's call them first-rounders. Or, in fact, let's go first three rounds. First round, second or third, right? And then you say, ah, free agents to make $5 million or more. You add up those two categories. And in each case, it would be the team saying, we're making a commitment at receiver. 49ers did that six times in the last five years. So 2015 on, six times they made a big commitment to a receiver. Either first three rounds of the draft or $5 million free agent or more. Kansas City, four times, Packers, zero. All right, so I know you're, you don't like whining. You're not much of a – like when you're a father, it's gonna be, you're going to be a hard father, I'm thinking. <laughs> you don't like whining, but would you, could you see that Aaron Rodgers has reason to complain? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's been opportunities for them to upgrade at positions around him, and they just haven't done it. He spoke about last year things felt a lot easier for him because he did have a running game, and he did have a defense, and so he's never been surrounded by the, by the best supporting cast as far as wide receivers go. It's not the worst, but it's definitely not an elite cast uh, throughout the course of his career. And then also, defensively, they've never, they haven't had a lot of great defenses in Green Bay when Aaron Rodgers has been the quarterback there. Okay, and, and on one hand, it's like Brady or Brady's backers could complain about the lack of playmakers with New England last year, but certainly New England made the effort with a wide receiver pick in the first round and a running back pick in the last yeah. three seasons. So it's sometimes it's not so much about the end result, but it's about at least the intention, the effort on the team and green Bay's effort to, to provide uh, playmakers to Rogers has been poor. That said in a hard cap league, you've got to be deficient somewhere. You can't be good everywhere. And Belichick's theory up until Brady w- was, you know, more advanced in age the last couple years had been Brady can cover that. We'll spend our money elsewhere. That worked pretty well. Now Green Bay, they assumed Aaron Rodgers can cover that. Has he? Well, you can say conference finals. I would say no net net for as great as he's perceived to be, though I'm an Aaron Rodgers skeptic. Okay, next question. And this is the kind of things you've got to, answer yourself before you can have an opinion, really a strong uh, logical opinion on the Aaron Rodgers Green Bay situation. And point number two is a team can either max their chance to win now or they can make moves that attempt to win now but also attempt to keep a winning possibilities high from here on. So drafting a quarterback before he's ready to play is a great example. That's not going to help you too much now. But boy, just like Aaron Rodgers is helping Green Bay the last 10 plus years, well, drafting Aaron Rodgers when he was didn't help Brett Favre win those years. In fact, it ran him out of town in a way. But that's why Green Bay not only was good during the Brett Favre years, good during the Aaron Rodgers years also. So this seems to me to be a statement by Green Bay that we want to keep winning after Aaron Rodgers. If you're a Green Bay fan, how could that be a bad thing, Jonas? Yeah, I think the problem for Green Bay fans is that they're so caught up in the moment that they they can't see long term that this is potentially. But that's why they're fans, thing. right? Exactly. It's the it's the job of the trustees of the comp or not the company, but the team in this case to look out for the best long term. My point is, I'm not saying oh the fans shouldn't complain because hey they're fans. I'm saying logically, though, shouldn't Green Bay be 
encouraged? Shouldn't they be given credit for this, where in the media it seems like they've gotten a lot of smirks and sneers and negativity? Yeah, because they've had the guts to go this direction, just like they had the guts when Brett Favre uh, wanted back and they didn't want him back to go in a different direction. And Green Bay fans back then didn't like the move at the time. They weren't fans of it. They weren't fans of it immediately after when Favre beat uh, Green Bay when he was a member of the Minnesota Vikings. I just... I think fans are caught up into right now, and because of their when things start to settle down, or maybe if Aaron Rodgers doesn't look as good as we all think that he looks, just like this past well, year. Don't say we all. I don't mean, say we all. I, look, you, you can't watch what happened last year and say, "Man, that was Aaron Rodgers' best season of his career." I, they just they wow. didn't rely on him much. That's Jonas Knox, who amazingly now is super logical. It's like, I think I finally got you, baby, because your answers and mine are like so aligned. And, you know, I don't know if you know this, Jonas, but that's how I define common sense is what I think. <laughs> so <laughs> we are straight out of Vegas. And let's talk about Aaron Rodgers' performance. QBR, in my opinion, the best single metric for quarterbacks. In fact, I'm, I'm not even sure it's much of a debate. Aaron Rodgers was ranked his total QBR 20th in 2019 last season. Year before, he was ranked 16th. Over those two seasons, there's over 1,400 snaps he took, and he's below average. Hmm. That's all you got to say. 16 teams in the league, 16 one year, 20 the most recent year. The trend line is going down. You look at yards per attempt. A great metric, as simple metrics, as simple stats may be the best, right? Every time you throw the ball, how many yards do you get? That accounts for incompletions. It accounts for everything, really, except touchdowns. And there was a period about seven, six, seven, eight years that Aaron Rodgers was the best in history at yards per attempt. Last four or five years, he's been slightly below average. I mean, not below average of historically great, below average amongst the other quarterbacks. I This is the thing that befuddles me. I listen, I heard, uh, you know, I, I should know his name. What's Phil Sims' son's name? Uh, Chris Sims. Yeah, Chris. Yeah. I, I, I catch him a good bit on YouTube and on uh, with, with uh, Mike Florio. And the reality is... Sims is watching tape. He, he knows. It seems to me he knows a lot of things. He's talking about Aaron Rodgers as one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the NFL. I just don't understand. And, and, if, and let's give credit where credit's due. He does protect the ball. And that is so important. But that's accounted for in QBR. Like, very much so. So if the stats are saying he's average... How is it that everyone in the media seems to be in a time machine and they say, well, maybe he's not the best quarterback, but, you know, he's certainly top three. Like, I hear that all the time. Because answer for the media. Because Peyton Manning made it easy on everybody. When Peyton Manning declined, it happened fast. It yep. went from it went from one level all the way down three levels below. And it was obvious and you could tell. We're seeing a gradual decline of Aaron Rodgers, and at the time, people, they're, they're not really wrapping their mind around, hey, this isn't going to be just obvious and, and laid out on the table for you. This guy may start to gradually decline as the years go on, and I think that's what's happened over the past couple of seasons. But there's no made to it. You cannot have all of those snaps. You can't have 1,400 snaps below average quarterback play over two seasons. And the year before, he didn't even qualify in 17 because he didn't play enough games. You know, so it's not as if this is even this isn't three weeks to end the year. This is now moving on. He's been either below average QBR or hasn't played enough to get a QBR for three seasons. This is just and I'm not saying that QBR is going to be exactly correct, but you can't be 20 and 16 and think this guy's the third best quarterback. It just doesn't make any sense. So to recap where we are so far. It makes sense from his personal perspective that Aaron Rodgers is saying, hey, I haven't gotten a lot of help, and I deserve some help because the more you help me, the better we all do. That's his perspective. Obviously, Green Bay is looking at the team more than him. I think the fans should applaud that, but it's hard to be that long-viewed. I also think the fact – I've heard various media guys go, 
well, you know, the fact there's not an owner is why they did this, as if it was a bad thing. <laughs> to me, it's a good thing. You don't got the owner making some knee-jerk gut decision instead of trying to have a plan. I respect so much. It may or may not work. Jordan Love may – I don't predict. I'm not Mel Kuyper. I don't predict how great these players are going to be. But I like the intention from Green Bay because it's gutsy because it's going against the crowd. And here's what we'll do. When we come back, I've heard a couple of people talk about Aaron Rodgers getting traded. I'm going to explain to you in dollars and cents why that's nearly impossible. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royals. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I call my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now Lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. 
Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. <laughs> but it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue to take a look at the move that's got a lot of people in the NFL and beyond scratching their head. Yeah, a lot of people suggesting something that just is impossible when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. Great day to join us. And we got some other draft tidbits, real takeaways that matter coming up. And a little Belichick talk. Great show, great show. Fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Up over double audience in the last year alone. And we thank you for that so, so much. And we appreciate it when you tell your friends and spread the word. That's the way we grow. You can listen on 225 now FSR stations from coast to coast. And FoxSportsRadio.com streams us live. Right now in Vegas, 96 degrees. The neon. I feel the engines Getting ready, but still off. So, RJ, the move that's got a lot of people scratching their heads is the move in Green Bay where Jordan Love was selected by the Packers. They move up four spots in the first round to take him. Now, the big question is, moving forward, how much longer do we see Aaron Rodgers in a Packers uniform? Yeah, Tony Kornheiser says, demand a trade, Aaron. Stephen A. Smith says, demand a trade, Aaron. It's not going to happen. If you look at the dead cap hit, so effectively, and and listen, Aaron Rodgers created this situation with the way, and so did the Packers, with the way that they structured the contract. Just two years ago, Aaron Rodgers was paid, get this, $66 million in cash. That's a lot of sticks. $66 million in cash. All what? Hey, has it hit the bank yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, hold on, hold on. We could go out to eat here in a minute. You know, it's like, wow. But they got, a, you know, the various different accounting methods and all that to defer that over the course of the contract and all that. It creates a situation that this year, if he's not on the team, it's over a $50 million dead cap hit. It's just, it, it's untenable. It's like saying, well, you know, you'll lose your arms, legs, and one eye. It's like, well, it's not an option. <laughs> Next year, if he's not on the team, 30-plus million. Again, not an option. But here's what's interesting. Jordan Love, uh, five years I got control of him with a 50-year option. So the theory is by year three, year three, it'd be 17 million. That cap hit. Now, that's not nothing, as they say. But Brady was 13 this year, 13 million. And then before the year four, it's less than $3 million. So pretty much Aaron Rodgers is impossible to trade this year, impossible to trade next year or cut. I mean, not that they would. Year three becomes doable. Year four becomes very doable. And it's interesting that year three and Jordan Love's maturation in theory in year three would be synced up. What do you think, Jonas? Yeah, no, it makes sense. The timeline makes sense. I also go back to beauties in the eye of the beholder when it comes to the draft. And, you know, Jordan Love may not have been somebody's, you know, uh, quarterback of the future in, in around the NFL, but for Green Bay, they've identified him as the guy. And if they think that it, it could take two, three years to develop him and they're confident enough in that decision, then they go for it. And also, maybe another ulterior motive to this uh, th that Green Bay's thinking is, look, worst-case scenario – Aaron Rodgers goes out and plays motivated and much yep. better than he did a year ago. And then, you know, we're not really having this conversation because we're making a deep playoff run again. So I don't think it's the worst thing in the world that a lot of people do. I think you're exactly right. Whereas it can act as motivation initially during the year or two in theory that he's not tradable or cuttable. And then come year three, if he's still playing well, still motivated, fine. But if he's not, there's an out. You know, there's an out. And you mentioned, oh, a lot of people didn't love Jordan Love. I would make the case that after pick number six, meaning after the first three went, there was no debate that Love was the fourth quarterback, right? 
I mean, me, yeah, me, he was the guy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. So if you're Green Bay and you're only going to trade up, you know, a little bit, a couple of spots. Yeah, you could have mortgaged your entire future and got got Herbert, or obviously you could have done whatever and potentially got Tua. But for the modest cost of a first-round pick and a fourth, they have a guy that, oh, by the way, would you really want uh, Joe Burrow? Meaning now you have a real problem. How, I mean, Joe Burrow's ready to play. So isn't it a perfect storm to say, here's a guy with a ton of potential, there's a chance he's going to bomb. If he does, he does. But if he plays up to his potential, he'll be as good as any quarterback in the NFL, I think the case can be made. Maybe the odds of that are one in four, let's say. Jordan Love becomes an all-time great. And it's probably 50-50 if he becomes serviceable, even a, a decent starter. Well, they're playing the long shot for a modest bet, Green Bay is now. I know the first round at the end of the round is still a nice pick, but it's a modest pick relative to a first pick in the draft or a fifth pick in the draft. And thus, the time it would take Love to develop usually would be a negative for a team if you pick him number five, but picking him in the late 20s, it's not so much a negative. It's, and then the fact Aaron Rodgers has potentially a couple good years left, especially if he's motivated – it all seems to come together, and that doesn't mean it's going to work. It means it feels like it's a good bet to me, and I think there's one other thing. I'm R.J. Bo straight out of Vegas, and Fezzik, who's back tomorrow, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, just like your packs. He doesn't have packs, but still, it's like a chess day with Fezzik, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Is that how you do it, Jonas? Monday, uh, Wednesday? No, you, it, depends. it depends. You do like the, 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 the two-way split where it's like Monday, Thursday, half the body, Thursday, Friday, half. How's it, it go? I'll do so the way the uh, – the, now that we're on the subject, the way the, <laughs> that che- the way the chest workouts go is that you got to break it up into three parts, the upper part, the middle, and the lower. So I'll do two, uh, an upper and a lower on day one, for example, um, a, a middle mm, and an that's upper inter- on day you know, three. The pod- and, I think we should do a bonus podcast yeah. on this at some and, point. And it's always good to make sure, you know, if you're going to do push-ups <laughs> or bench, you got to also do flies because you want to widen them out a little bit. You know, you got to really get the most of them. So. Well, listen, when I read Muscle and Fitness in high school, <laughs> I didn't get any of that. But I, I trust you. That's Jonas Knox. I'm RJ Bell. And here's the last point from Fez, which is a good one. If you look at the quarterback or check that, the running back they picked from Boston College, A.J. Dillon, he had 845 carries in his career last three years, 21 catches. So literally for every catch – he had 40 carries. Imagine 40 times you're running the ball, then you catch one. 41, 41. <laughs> this is not 1977. This is today. And obviously, teams are looking for running backs like, you know, like Le'Veon Bell, like Gurley when he was healthy, that can run and catch. And obviously, McCaffrey's a great example of that at Carolina. Boy, is this a sign, another sign that Green Bay is looking to ground and pound that when they do get a skill position guy, it's a guy that seems to be from an era of three yards in a cloud of dust that doesn't really have catching skills. It looks like they're looking LaFleur to ground and pound. Last thing, we got odds on this. And it's a good segue into Hertz and Philadelphia next, I think, which is... Will Aaron Rodgers be traded before the start of the season? Right now, the yes pays you six fifty, So you can bet that, that he will be traded before the beginning of the season. Aaron Rodgers being traded before that, before week one, plus six fifty. I do not find that attractive at all. Do you, Jonas? Uh, I do, but I'm an idiot. So, you do? Uh, yeah, because I, I, I just look at it and go, well, you know, what if? Could like happen. If, yeah, I mean, if you were the guy to, to you the know. 50 to, million, the 50 I million, mean, don't worry about that. You I mean, that I'd, cap money. I'd put five bucks on it to win 30 or whatever the payout is, and you then i brag to book about that? it. You want me to book that for you? <laughs> All right, I'm RJ Vogue straight out of Vegas. I do think, let's get your take on it. What do you think of what happened in Philadelphia? Yeah, I I do not have a problem. I have less of a problem with this than the Aaron Rodgers, uh, Jordan Love situation, just based on the fact that I think it could go one of two ways for Philadelphia. Either one, they're going to develop and have a quality backup quarterback that they can rely on if or when uh, Carson Wentz gets injured. Uh, or two, Carson Wentz does get injured, and next thing you know, you just drafted your quarterback of the future and somebody you can depend on, somebody who's been 
been in these quarterback controversy situations in college, has a great reputation, and a guy that they feel like they can develop. So I had no issue with it at all. Yeah, so one thing we don't do on Straight Out of Vegas, and I'm happy you avoided it, is we don't assess how good these guys are because how do we know, right? The GMs know. Maybe Mel Kuyper knows. Maybe the other you know, FSR draft Knicks know. But I trust the GMs the most, especially that they know their teams. That said, we can critique, hey, did spending that draft capital in this spot make sense? And here's the thing it seems to be lost on everyone. If there's any quarterback in the NFL that's been injured more than Carson Wentz that's considered a franchise quarterback, I don't – can you think of one? Uh, Cam Newton, Andrew Luck are the only two that come to mind. Yeah, but even – I mean, I would make the case I'm no Andrew Luck fan, let me tell you. But, uh, I mean, listen, here's what we know. Five lifetime – let me think about this. I think it's five. How many lifetime starts, or not starts, playoff games did Philly have with Wentz as their, you know, presumptive number one quarterback? So they had the three when they won the Super Bowl, plus two, plus one. So there's been six starts in which someone could have started a quarterback during Philadelphia's playoff runs when Wentz was on the team, and Wentz started one of those games, and oh, by the way, he had four passes before he got knocked out. Yeah. So literally in six playoff games, he's thrown four passes. So, yeah, yeah that's a guy I, that's pretty injured. I mean, you, you needed Josh McCown to come in, and Josh McCown. Which is a problem. Who, yeah, which is a problem. I mean, he's a, he's a very serviceable backup, and he's done good things in the league. But Josh McCown in that game, it was reported afterwards, I think tore his hamstring off the bone or something oh. like that. Like, had, just had a nasty injury, but he had to play because they had no other option because Carson Wentz got injured again. And it's not an indictment on Carson Wentz. Like, some of this well, is just some bad luck. Are, some people are prone to injury, though. Yeah, I mean, look, a lot of people think the hit from Jadevian Clowney was a dirty hit in the playoff game. Um, they, you know, his non-contact knee injury, diving for a first down. Then they said he rushed to come back a little too early. It's just, it's a reality. And Philadelphia, and especially Doug Peterson, who's the head coach, a guy who was a lifetime backup in the NFL, he knows the mm. value of that position more than anybody. And Doug Peterson recognizes, man, we did our biggest things here when we had a quality backup quarterback and I don't want to risk losing out on somebody that we potentially could develop into a really good starter down the road. I have no issue with it. Yeah, I mean, I heard someone say recently that that the backup quarterback is the 10th most valuable player on your team. Yeah. And, I mean, that's interesting. I had never thought of it that way. It feels about right. I think with Wentz, it might be the fourth most valuable. And maybe it's a fluke, right? For a long time, John Elway couldn't win the close game. But now we look back and say, oh, he was great in the big games, right? Because he won the two Super Bowls. Yeah. We think about Coach K if you're older. And, I, you know, when I was in high school, Coach K was known as a guy who couldn't win the big game. You know, he went to a yeah. lot of Final Fours before they won against UNLV. So, to me, it could be Wentz turns it around. But he started his career with as many injuries as any big-name quarterback as I can remember. And thus, a backup becomes even more important. We can debate is hurts the right guy, but we don't do that. We're not Mel Kuyper. We're not Steve Fezzik. That's what those level of draft Knicks do. We'll have, St <laughs> we'll have Steve tomorrow. All right. I'm going to talk about Belichick in the quarterback situation in New England. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up 12 minutes from now here on FSR, we will continue to take a look around a busy offseason in the NFL. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. So James Devlin, who fullback formerly of the Patriots, retired complications from injuries and to me, you look at Belichick, who's a cold fish, some people believe. And I hear from people that, you know, again, in the media that know him, that that's just not he's got a sense of humor, et cetera. To me, this was a great statement. He said, James Devlin may be unsung in terms of publicity and fame, but to his coaches and teammates, one of the most appreciated and respected players we've ever had. He said in football, there's lots of tough, unselfish, dependable people who bring leadership on a daily basis, but James Devlin represents those qualities at an elite level. And he goes on to talk about he played five seasons in which he played every game, so he wasn't injured, and they won three championships in those seasons. 
And the last sentence saying, any team would be fortunate to have a James Devlin type on its roster, but the reality is he is a rarity, and we were very fortunate he was a Patriot. So a lot of people said, oh, that's more than he said about Brady. But I think it speaks to how much Belichick has a view of football that is bedrock to him. It's really the foundation of his worldview. And when someone like Devlin plays that way, it speaks to him in a, in a spiritual way. And to me, if you're a hardcore football fan, it's hard not to appreciate that. A lot of people, though, I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas, questioning the no quarterback pick for the Patriots. Also, people saying, why aren't they signing Cam Newton? So, Jonas, I'll let you pick either. Can you be critical of either the Pats not signing Cam, in your opinion, or them not picking a quarterback? I'm not going to be critical of anything the Patriots do transaction-wise until, until they go through a long, lengthy slump or something. How long has that slump got to be? I, it's got to be probably a decade. <laughs> I, like I, just, I mean, we're going to sit here and, and critique So Belichick's going to be almost 80 before you can – I, I can I, accept yeah, that. It, it's just so, – so I'm not going to – I think Jared Stidham, there's a lot of people that are pretty high on him, and, and New England wants to see what they got in him, yep. realizing, listen, this is, this is as good a time as any for us to really see whether or not we've got a guy or we need to look elsewhere coming up next season. The Cam Newton stuff just doesn't make sense to me. I don't see – I mean, Belichick had a problem with TB12. Cam Newton uh, does TB12 uh, to – times a thousand with his social media and his his constant posts and his announcing he's going to take time away from and heal up when he's drinking a glass of wine and smoking a cigar with a video like I just he doesn't strike me and all that's fine but he just doesn't strike me as a guy that would that and, would work with Belichick and what I would say is Randy Moss had a lot of Tom Foolery shenanigans whatever before a lot of times a player that's seemingly at a crossroads will say, I am going to forget all that. And I think that maybe Cam, if he felt like he was at a true crossroads, might be more focused on ultimately the game. Now, a lot of people might say, oh, you can win and still do that. Maybe, but that's not Belichick's way, right? So he's the coach. so He gets to decide who's on his team and, you know, the owner and him and the GM. And he has, it seems, ultimate power except with Jimmy G. So... I agree with you, but I think it goes beyond that. Because even if Cam would settle down, focus more, because obviously focused enough to make a Super Bowl and win an MVP, so let's give him credit for that. It's been a while since then. Entering that game and on, they have had a Cam's had a below 500 record as a starter, and he's missed a lot of games in between. I give him a lot of credit for playing hurt, to be honest. Yeah, I do but, too. But to me, the part of Cam that I don't, think fits with Belichick is accuracy if you actually look at that document that was going around a couple weeks ago he wrote up when he was with the Browns by the way I did a little research yesterday do you know the Browns since 1970 have had 20 coaches and Belichick has the second most games Sam (laughs) Reticliano was first so literally as much as that was a kind of a short stint he was the second longest tenured coach in 50 years for the Browns. And, and you can also argue that if they weren't in the in the process of moving their team and the season falling apart, you know, they might have actually done some good things in Cleveland. He, oh, he was doing I mean, a everyone, job, I mean, job. you think about it, if you've got um, Nick Saban on the staff, I mean, the staff was like an all-star team, right? So yeah. you would think. So the, what, the document stated accuracy being the key, and that's never been Cam's strongest suit. And to me, you said the key point which is that how in the heck do they have any idea about what they truly have with Stidham? They have a perspective when they drafted him. They've had a perspective from the practice since. But all you can do, and you can't forget this, and anyone that says anything that contradicts this doesn't understand the NFL. There's one guy that you can really look at at a time because there's not that many. Forget the COVID-19 season coming up and all that, but rather in even an unencumbered season, you can't really look at two guys and there's just not enough snaps. And if this season, if unless they felt like they had a quarterback, they liked more than Stidham from a distance. Why not let Stidham have his year? 
And if it doesn't work out, okay. And there is that Tom Brady $13 million dead cap money. You know, this is going to be a tough year for them regardless. So the only chance they have to win the Patriots and win big is if Stidham is good. Because if they have to sign someone else, that money is going to be problematic. Yeah. So, so both you have the only real path to winning involves Stidham being better than maybe some people expect. And you've got to find that out anyway. And the only way to find it out is give him the season and have a veteran backup. So to me, it oh anything but this would have made sense. We said the same thing when Ian Rappaport was reporting on going up for Tua. What did we say? We said borderline impossible. Well, it didn't even seem to be a sniff of that. Why? Because it would have meant that Stidham wasn't going to get his time. And he's going to get his time. And as much as we thought, oh, Stidham's not going to be any good, well, most certainly the chance of Stidham being good is much better than pick 199 Tom Brady being any good and again we could say well Belichick that was lucky yeah okay any quarterback being great is lucky and Stidham's going to get his crack at it I don't see any other way for it to happen and every action seems to be backing that up and anyone talking about oh Cam Newton's going to be in there I'm not saying it's impossible I'd be shocked and the fact that the lines kind of moved in a way that Cam Newton surged up because he's the last guy that could, Jameis Winston signing and et cetera, et cetera, be the outside savior. There is no outside savior coming. That's my prediction. And I'm willing to bet on it. In fact, I have. I bet Stidham to start at even money and had a little hedge with Hoyer at 10 to 1. I mean, when's the last time the Patriots have missed on a quarterback in the draft that they've developed? I mean, Matt Castle got a contract based on one year of his development. 11 with the and Patriots. 5. Yeah, it went r- really well. Jacoby Brissett played well when given an opportunity, and he became a starter elsewhere. He's not the greatest quarterback, but he was a third-round pick. Jimmy Garoppolo was in a Super Bowl last year. Like, I'm, I'm willing to trust that Belichick knows what he's doing over, over people in the media who are complaining because they don't recognize the quarterback room. Jonas, this has been your highest IQ show. All right, let's keep it going. One more segment. When we co- At least it agrees with my opinion, which I equate again to high IQ. When we come back, last break coming up, the Bears have a 20-plus million dollar decision to make this week. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you... Here on Next Question, it's going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, R.J., there's a big decision to be made involving the Chicago Bears and whether or not they will pick up the fifth-year option on quarterback Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, this is big. By the way, after this, we're going to talk about Tua's odds of starting week one. Jonas, I want you to think, what do you think the percentage chance is? So you ponder that. We'll get into the 50-year option stuff. This needs to be decided by Sunday. This Sunday, Texans just exercised 50-year option on Watson. That was easy, right? They've got to make this decision not for next. This is for the 2021 season by Sunday. Watson, though, was the 12th pick. If you're picked after the top 10 in the first round, your 50-year option is going to be right around the 15th highest paid player at your position. So for Watson, that was a no-brainer. Here's the thing, though. If you're in the top 10 picked, it literally averages out to be about the 5th highest paid player at your position. And oh, by the way, obviously Mitch Trubisky was picked 2nd, And the projected salary for him, not this upcoming season, but 2021, if they pick up the option and the Bears have to decide by Sunday, $24 million. That's a lot of sticks, as we like to say. I mean, Mitch Trubisky, $24 million. I got to say no. I mean, obviously, my my business instinct says no, but – I got to say the Bears are going to say no. Adam Schefter said they're leaning that way at this point. And if that happens, Jonas, Bears starting quarterback week one odds, Nick yeah. Foles minus 150. I think that goes through the roof. So if you can bet that and they say no to Mitch, I say bet no on Mitch by saying Nick Foles as a starter week one. R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. Continuing with the odds, what do you think? Tua starting week one, what's the percentage chance? I'll put it at about 30%. Oh, you, you didn't look at these? No. I, <laughs> I seen them. no. So 29% chance, it's plus 200 oh, wow. on, the, on the yes, minus 300 on the no. So if you want to say no, Tua doesn't start week one. And remember, this is another COVID-19 type situation where – Yeah, whatever chance he had of starting week one, I think, decreases with likely, uh, you know, certainly limited offseason stuff and maybe very limited. And 
Let's do this. I'm going to give you some offensive rookie of the year odds and defensive. You tell me if anything jumps out. Joe Burrow is the favorite on the offensive side, plus 250. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, is that how you yeah. say that? Yeah. Seven to one. Tua, eight to one. Huh. Does he, how much does he play? DeAndre Swift, nine to one. Jonathan Taylor, nine to one. Who do you like there on offense? I like the long shot. I think I think Burrow is the guy because I do think Cincinnati's got more weapons on that offense than they get credit for, especially with AJ Green coming back healthy. But as far as a long shot goes, I like Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis. I think oh, Fez got, likes him. Yeah, they've got a really good offensive line, and I think they're going to rely on their running game because they've got a veteran quarterback. Uh, they're not going to want to leave him out there to have to throw the ball a bunch of times like like the Chargers had and had issues with when it came to the turnover. So a long shot, I like I like Jonathan Taylor. All right, defense of Chase Young, plus 350. Isaiah Simmons, 9-1. to one. And here's why I like Simmons here. Is if you look, think about Arizona, Arizona is a team that plays a, against Russell Wilson a bunch, and that's the spy of having that, that, that rangy safety slash linebacker, very valuable. And then against San Francisco, who happens to have maybe the best tight end in football, that ranginess is going to be a huge advantage. And you got a coach in Arizona that's not afraid to do things college style, not afraid to do things that aren't like classic NFL. And to me, that really speaks to, I think, not only one of the most talented defensive players, Isaiah Simmons, but he's going to be high, high impact. Nine to one, I'd put a little something on him. Defensive rookie of the year. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We are straight out of Vegas, back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Straight out of Vegas! I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.